Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can find Ziggy's located in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a fun episode 123. Just last week, Ryan and I came on and just had a fun episode as we looked forward to the season preview which is here part one today you can find last week's episode or any of our other episodes streaming on the believe podcast network or wherever you get your podcast bring in my co-host today as always ryan was good what is going on everybody it is sunday morning me and eric are getting in a uh, a quick pod before we uh Hop on the NFL Sunday ticket and that red zone and, and watch the games for the rest of the day. So, uh, you know, city, oh, city, Sacramento Kings are fastly approaching. Wednesday will fucking be there, of course, opening night. I am really excited for that. I actually took a half day on Thursday, so I don't got to be in until about 10 Thursday morning for work because I'm going to enjoy a few adult beverages. So uh, it's crazy how fast it got here. I mean, Back in like July when we were doing podcasts, it felt like it was taking forever, but holy shit, we're here. So uh, it's going to be a good preview. I- I'm excited, man. This is, you know, I don't think it's any secret that this is about as, uh, uh, you know, good as a, as a roster as Sacramento's put together in the last 15 years. So stay tuned. Well, we got a fun episode. Ryan and I always do season preview uh, part one and two as we go into the year. The like we talked about, Ryan, the, the last couple of months, it's tough because there's been so like little action going out there in NBA in general and Kingsland front, the Kingsland page, like everything that, you know, a couple of times you, we, we got we, you get tempted where you just want to blow your load on takes. And, you know, it's like end of August, September. We're like, ah, you know. You know, do are we going to say this? And it's always like, nah, save it for the season preview, save it for the season, um, just because a lot of things can change. And that's something that, you know, we were mindful about the coming into this year is like, let's just save it. Let's take a little bit of a break because a lot of people, I think, did that. And a lot of people out there that make takes, whether they write or do the radio or podcast, whatever, they kind of made some, I don't know, some hot takes early. Now they got to, they got to die on that hill now for doing that. That's the benefit of waiting, you know? Um, and that's one good thing about us is that we don't we're not like obligated to come on here. You know, we, we don't we don't have to. These guys have to do it for content. So that's why I was looking forward to this episode, because we have the real benefit of of really uh, not being emotional, not getting all, you know, crazy with our takes too early. And we could kind of do it at the last possible second. So that's kind of um, that. That's why I was looking forward to today's episode. I would say this is probably one of the most fun. The two parts, probably the most fun episodes we do all year. We do always end up doing a couple of good ones here, but this one we planned for like actually uh, going in on and 
and uh, always a little different. Before we do that, Ryan, I, I, I want to give a shout out to someone because I always say we do get our, uh, I always say rate the show, right? It helps us reach more Kings fans, which it does. When when you guys go on Apple Podcasts, you guys go on Spotify and you leave us a review, it, it kind of helps us populate the searches uh, up there with the other Kings show. So um, shout out to, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to say this, right? It's like a little, it's J-F-L-E-I, J-Flay. I'll just call it J-Flay. That's probably the right thing, right? Um, Five-star rating. Thank you. We really appreciate that. It says, uh, title is Takes That Actually Hold Up Over Time. Um, and then he says, uh, my favorite Kings podcast. These guys are actually right a lot. They don't get carried away with emotional hot takes. Ryan, honestly, that's probably one of the best compliments we could receive because that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is thinking about takes that do uh, last through through time. Um, and then also we do not try to get emotional, which is a little, kind of contrary to a lot of people do. And I'm, I'm actually glad to see that someone recognizes that and that comes through in our podcast and that it's appreciated. You know, even going back to the last couple of years with the Rashawn Holmes take, we, we died on that hill last year with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, we were very consistent about that. And some of those takes might come out in the season preview today and hopefully they, ha- they last the rest of the season. But pretty cool when you just kind of get a listener support and show like that. Right. My mama doesn't even like Kings cast. <laughs> well, let's be real. Uh, I, and we've said this before, but for people who may be listening uh, for the first or second time or whatever, uh, me and Eric don't like advertise Kings cast to people we know. Right. Like I don't, you know, my friend group, a couple of them know that I do this, but I've never actually like told any, any of my like close friends, like, Oh yeah, I do Kings cast, you know? So uh, let's put this into context, Eric. Our mama don't even like it. Does she even know that we do this? Like, she might. I think she knows we do it, but let's be real. We don't. I, I just wanted to come here and tell people that, like, you know, this guy Jay Flair or however you pronounce his name, no clue who this guy is. That's something that when we started the podcast, we were very adamant about. Like, you know, me and Eric were just sitting here and we're like, you know, don't tell anybody. We just kind of want to make this. You know, if 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 King's Cast gets any type of uh, clout, we want it to be you know completely just on its own. We don't want people that we know hyping us up giving us five-star reviews so uh that's why when we get a five-star review that's something like that it's a little more special because we have no idea who this person is i have no clue who even listens to our show so uh cool stuff people do listen it's actually surprising um i mean we are on the believe network for a reason i guess we do have somewhat of a following and people do listen to the show i look at the metrics people listen to the show but we never talk about that stuff we never boast because honestly ryan we never did it for that i remember when we first started doing this is we're going into season three right now and we first started this remember we're like man it's season four i think it's only season three no uh, four the mcdonavich year you may be Dude, right we, st- we started 2019 so 2019 season 2020 season 2021 and this is 2022 yeah we'll have to do the math okay but the, the point was that when we did this, remember, we're like, man, it'd be cool if we just got like 50 people that would listen to us. And honestly, we've well surpassed 50 at this point, but I don't care. We don't talk about that. It was never about that. It's more about for you and I to come on and talk because there was kind of a gap out there in in King's media. There wasn't a lot of King's media. And what there was, there was KHTK, which is pretty much towing the, the corporate line at this point. They can't even make a take at this point. Um, and they're all kind of woke. Uh, and then you have the other miscellaneous ones out there, which are very few. When we started this podcast, it was KHTK, the ESPN uh, local broadcast. I did a couple shows and it was Sacktown Royalty. That was it when we started this. Um, you know, Cabo Kingdom. I'll give credit to Cabo Kingdom as well. They were out there too, but that was pretty much it. There wasn't a lot. And then it was just King's Twitter. 
And then along the way, you know, you have whatever those one guys that always talk a lot of shit. They used to talk a lot of shit to us on Twitter. I forget what's their names again. The Kings King's Herald. Herald. Yeah, those guys. They've popped up. So there's a couple more out there now. But even so, most I feel like most of the people out there still are trying to be the journalists. They're trying to be press pass guys. And honestly, we've always said uh, we we're fans, man. We just want to go to the games, which we do. We got, you know, got the season tickets. We go to the games. That's all I care about. I don't want to press pass. And if I had a press pass, it was just so I could sit closer. And, you know, I'm not trying to like... Go catch ahead. me, catch, catch me, section one twenty five, row V seats five and six, baby. Yeah, catching <laughs> beer, son. We're just like you, but but the thing is, Ryan, is that because of multimedia and the, and because of your access to games, players, interviews, etc., like you don't really need to, you sorry, you can really have a strong take and a strong opinion, and be and actually like voice your opinion without having to call into KCK show and have these guys be the gatekeepers, and that's kind of part of the thing that's going that's happened out there. It with with these, you know, the quote unquote blogger medias and then the actual whatever, you know, formal media guys is that they're they feel like they're the fucking gatekeepers, dude. They feel like they're the ones who they can decide if your takes hot or not. They can decide if your takes trash or in their takes. Right. They can sway the minions out there in Kingsland. And, you know, you don't really necessarily need that. And that's what's been great about the last couple of years is that we've had a lot of takes that have been strong. We've put we've put ourselves out there. We've posted them. We've stood toe to toe. And they I do think a lot of them have stood the test of time. So I, I'm glad it's got recognized. But even more so, Ryan, the Kingsland page that we started a couple of years ago just to grow the community is almost up to 3000 people. I know people are excited for Kings basketball Ryan, because i've been logging on daily and it's like every time i just got dozens and dozens of new people joining that page so you can tell people are kind of getting in king's mode and a lot of great takes that have come out of that page and um so you know just with that i guess it it, it it's good to go into this i think that we're gonna have a couple different takes going into this season preview the one thing ryan just started off on the king's take though um well actually i'm a backtrack because you know like every week i just you know, I always I almost skipped to skip the player and I, I almost skipped the ad read. So I'm just getting too hot right now. OK, let's do the ad read real quick, just because it's almost uh, football time. We got You know, we got bad or sorry, football rest of the day. We got basketball season starting. So I know you guys I know you fools are trying to bet. You know, I know people are always asking, how do you bet? Where do I bet at? OK, here's here's where it is. Football's back. Bet online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info. Players, new, player news, and game trends. Um, and as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Um, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code believe BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Ryan, I was yesterday, I logged on to uh, YouTube and I watched the new Andrew Schultz special. I don't know if you follow Andrew Schultz, the comedian. And dude, his whole his whole thing was sponsored by betonline.ag. He's like, you know, so he's a colleague. Andrew Schultz is a colleague of ours out there. You know, you get yeah. sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> no, but BetOnline has a presence. They're pushing it. Okay. Um, where I was going with it, Ryan, let's get you. Let's hit you with the player because I'm just going to blow through a couple of things because I know that we have a lot of Kings talk. You, you, are you ready for the player? One hundred percent. Last week, Ryan, you got kind of uh, taken down by Nazi Muhammad. I was surprised. I got, I got Nazi Muhammad did. Yeah, you got Nazi Muhammad did. Okay, this player right here, um, oh man, you might get it. I thought it was going to be harder. Okay, 
Uh, Argentinian, 6'8", 225, drafted in undrafted in 2001, small forward, power forward. Um, played overseas until 2004. He played for the Chicago Bulls, Sacramento Kings, and 76ers. Um, do you know who it is? Andres Nocioni. Andres Nocioni. That was too easy for you. Once I said Argentinian, I was like, ah, fuck. Yeah. I was hoping okay. that you'd just go through your brain and you wouldn't remember anything. Yeah, well, you know, after the Nazi Muhammad uh, mishap of last week, I, I made sure that I drank my coffee this morning and really focused in. And pulled out the flashcards. I could, I could just see out, you out yeah. here. Just... That, was a, that was a real, I'll be honest, man, that was a real shit player. player. You got to do better than that, man. I'm a little disappointed. Well, you know, Ryan, just because <laughs> it's a challenge for you, it doesn't mean other people out there, you know, they, they may have <laughs> they didn't needed to know. Um. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, Andres Andres Nocioni was an interesting player, and I thought I'd just spend a bunch cool. of time on him. Yeah, he was cool. Um, okay, so let's go into this episode and some of the stuff we have for the season preview part one. Okay, as I was going in, and I was thinking about this on my little opening take here, Ryan, and I was talking about how in the last couple of seasons, I feel like there's been more of a divide on players the direction for the Kings to go uh, just kind of overall where the Kings stand amongst fans and media. And so therefore there were a lot of dividing takes out there and it forced people to really be more, you know, uh, I guess hard on and commit to one take and over, over the last couple of years, things have played out in different directions. So there was, there was, a, and it seemed like a lot of the takes, we're consistent. The same crowd on one side versus the other with every take. So it for us, it goes way back to um, Bogdanovich um, not getting signed in that offseason and going into the year and then us wanting to trade him. And then there was that. And then it was Buddy Heald, the direction with Buddy Heald. And there was the direction with Rashawn Holmes, the direction with Tyrese Halberton, and the direction with the Kings as far as tanking and just tanking their, their entire franchise. There was a lot of, you know, divisiveness on that so i guess you get the point if you've been following what's going on in kingsland the last couple of years is that it's been more turbulent this year not as turbulent to be honest i don't feel like it's as turbulent i feel like if anything it's the most kind of like level i felt out there there's no real need to die on any hills at this point um do you feel in that same vibe right now in kingsland yeah i don't, I don't think i've there hasn't been anything at Lancaster. there's nothing that really sticks out right like the I know I'm not going to jump to anything yet, but yeah, there's, there hasn't really been that storyline, you know, of, of, you know, the McDonavich or, or the Halliburton fiasco we had last year and the Rashawn Holmes stuff. We, we haven't really ran into that. So I, I'm on the, I'm on the same page as you. I don't no hot takes for me yet. No, there's not hot takes, but there, I, I think that's one thing we like to do is we could foresee things, right? We like to we like to create fucking controversy sometimes and foresee it. And that's one thing that I think like we got that compliment that we've done well is we kind of just call things objectively. But some of the stuff that I was thinking was going to be a bigger deal going this season never ended up panning out. And it's just because it's at this point, like if you're trying to make the argument, there's no real argument. So like Rashawn Holmes, his whole playing time situation, his entire role it's completely diminished. And man, that one was so like, I think it was so uh, crazy. What uh, it, Almost like a year and a half of people just like, for some reason, just decided they were the biggest fucking Sean Holm fans. And he was like one of the best players in the NBA. And he's one, literally people telling you he's one of the best def- uh, 
defensive big men, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And like, I think at this point, it's pretty clear cut when you've got a former all-star in Sabonis, who's really still hella young has probably had more all-stars ahead. And it's like, you know, you ain't going to win that battle. So that one's died down. Um, Tyrese Halliburton's gone. So there's nothing there. Uh, you know, and I think that the other one I, I, I saw Ryan was, was, was uh, Davion Mitchell. I thought maybe Davion, people would get crazy about Davion Mitchell. Um, like they did with Halliburton, but that hasn't that hasn't even come up either. So I guess it's just you know a couple of things that I thought that were going to be big deals. They they're not big deals, you know. And uh, the only other one I guess I'll point out to you, and you can speak on this because you really put yourself out there with this one, was with Keegan Murray. I you know going into the draft draft preview, you can go back and listen to it. You know I said, it, it, you know, and you and you were there too that. The Kings should draft Keegan Murray. We put ourselves out there before the draft. The Kings drafted Keegan Murray. And then even us, whenever they passed on Jaden Ivey, and the whole world thought, Kingsland was thought, we went out there and said, this is the best thing. And I'll let you talk on that. And I thought right there was going to create more turbulence. But I think his just showing in the offseason and all the games he played kind of quieted that down. So I guess I'm surprised that it's not a little bit more of an issue, but I'm not just because I do think the guys look solid. Well, you know, I thought it was really obvious, right? Like the Keegan Murray, just everything, the fit, what, you know, Sacramento needed that. They had drafted so many guards in the last few years. The Keegan Murray to me was just obvious, right? But people, you know, people just love hype, dude. They love the potential that Jaden Ivey has, right? He's over at Purdue and people just love the potential. Oh man, he could be this, he could be that. And you know, I look at Keegan Murray as a as a guy who obviously that we've seen now is going to come in and produce day one, right? He he fits that modern day NBA. He can play the three, he can play the four, he can shoot the three. He's got the size. That's what Sacramento needs, man. They didn't need another six foot three guard who can't shoot threes, right? Like they they have a couple of those already on the roster. Uh, but I am I am really proud of. You know, and I, we talked about in the last podcast. I am really proud of how we, you know, came out and held our ground, especially the day that that Keegan Murray was drafted. I went on the Believe Network and posted that video. Uh, they asked us, you know, just initial thoughts, thirty seconds, and I went on there and said it's a home run. I I said Keegan Sacramento did absolutely the right thing by taking him over Jaden Ivey, absolutely. And even the Believe Network, hot take. Hot take from Kings cast, right? Like people were just shitting on the Keegan Murray move. People are typical Sacramento. You saw those posts by the Detroit fan base about, uh, thank you. That's why you guys are the Sacramento Kings. And so far it's proven to, to hold up, you know, like I get it. Shit happens, right? Like knock on wood, he can come out and get hurt and miss his rookie year and things can derail from there. But, um, between the summer league preseason, uh, Keegan Murray's been the best player. Uh, out of the draft class so oh so far over the last four or five months so um and i think i i think there's a really good chance that he's going to to finish the year as the best rookie so um you know i i i'll be honest with you man i kind of forgot until right now i, I forgot about jay Knighty. <laughs> I, I completely forgot i haven't even looked at how he's i don't even know if he's playing is didn't he get hurt see you know so like it's the, the whole keegan murray thing man I'm, I'm very proud we came and held the ground and it looks like a another king's cast uh um, take is coming true. Well, the 
I'll, I'll say this, Ryan, because this is the type of criticism that we would put on other people if they had just made that take right now that you just did, right? And this is why I think that if people that have listened to us know that we where we come from, like we have always been the we hate on rookies, not hate on them, not hate like negatively, but not like let's how say this, not like hype rookies like that. We were very we're always about that. We 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 take it with a grain of salt. We don't hype the guys. That's always been our thing, right? Well, it, yeah, and it's not in our, our takes have never, you know, with the Keegan Murray thing, too. I'm not saying he's going to be a fucking all star. Odds are the guy might not even start this year to start the season. I think eventually he'll crack the starting lineup, but there's a real chance that he's not even going to start. Um, we don't think we don't think that a rookie's going to come in and make and have the Carmelo Anthony and LeBron effect, right? Where they come in day one and they take that team, you know, even in year two with LeBron, you know, they take that team to the playoffs like that. That's that's not what we're saying. You know, we're we, we don't have those kind of takes. Our expectations for rookies are are realistic, right? Hey, come in, show that you're a, that you're a pro level player, right? Show that you can handle playing in the NBA body wise. Uh, you know, you're you're making the right plays, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's it's not a boomer bust with us. You know, we kind of expect that middle ground. Just show us that you're a competent player, right? Uh, so yeah. Well, the where I was going with it though was that like. We just kind of more call it what it is. And that's why in the past, we've always been, you know, advocates for TTP trade the pick. We've always been advocates for that. Uh, we don't get too crazy about rookies, like you said, because of the potential thing. Um, even last year, Tyrese Halberton going into the season, we were like, nah, he shouldn't start just because it's not the best. We didn't think it was the best thing for the rotation. But so, like, I guess our track record has always been more cautious. And so it would be kind of weird for us to come out here before the guys even played uh, an actual NBA game and say the things that we've said about him. But if you know that about us, I, I, I feel like that our opinion now should carry a little bit of weight in, in how we feel about him because we wouldn't just say that. You know, it's still different, I guess. We're not going to just be like, oh, all of a sudden he's going to be, he's going to be the da, 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 da. like. I think the guy's really talented. I think that coming in, walking in day one that we talked about on last week's episode. Okay. I think he should start. I want to see him start. I, I and, and that's usually not where I'm, I'm landing, but I'm looking at the roster right now and the power forward position. Yeah. You could throw a couple other guys out there, but I just, I would like to see Keegan Murray get out there and start and maybe, you know, finish around 22 minutes or something. I don't know where you think on that. Something along those lines, because I think the guy, Right now, what's his strongest skill set is he's long and he's, uh, like I said, he's probably as good a spot up shooter as anybody on the roster right now from from range. So that's pretty much what he's going to offer the most of. And in the starting lineup, I think he would get more of those looks. You can always mask a guy defensively, you know, the thing with rotations as the game goes on. Like we always remind people, it's not like fucking hockey or it's like wave one, wave two or line one, line two. Right. It's not it's not like that where you have to like exchange five guys every couple of minutes. It's not like that. There's a lot of overlapping that goes on. There's a lot of position changing that goes on. So, um, you know, just that reminder of that. Hey, as you were talking about Jaden Ivey, Ryan, I Googled, I just Googled him just to see what some of the articles on. This is why Jaden Ivey got so hyped, Ryan. Right here, Detroit Free Press. This is what Detroit is just trying so hard to to market to. This is Detroit Pistons. I fucking hate stuff like this. Detroit Pistons, Jaden Ivey has a big brother in John Morant. They wanted to be John Morant so bad. And that was the thing because he had the same haircut and because he was like a 
<laughs> dynamic guard. He's like, oh, John Morant, dude. He's John Morant. And that's what everyone was getting so so worked up about as we get into the season. But the Pistons want that to happen so badly. A big brother and John Morant, the same the same haircut. That's all funny. <laughs> He's got the same haircut. <laughs> that's really what that is. I mean, you, you good for the Pistons. And, and you're right, though. That whole cheering on draft night, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I, I guess, like, third season in a row at this point, it looks and appears as if the Kings didn't draft a bust. And uh, like we've said before, the baseline here is pretty low. So the standards here are pretty low. So that's a good start as we go into the season uh, with, you know, Keegan Murray. Um, do you think he's going to win the rookie of the year, Ryan? Um, man, it's a no, because I think, Right, like record team records don't matter for the rookie of the year. Like they've, you know, teams team statistics don't matter. I don't think he's going to get the minutes that some other guys are going to get. You know what I mean? There's always that rookie out there who gets 32 minutes. You know what I mean? And gets the gets the shots and gets the on a bad team. Right? Like I I don't think Sacramento is going to be bad, and I don't think that they're going to give him the minutes and the free reign. You know, like you got to think I he's playing with Sabonis and deer and Fox. Like those guys are going to get theirs. HB is going to get his a little bit. And I, I think he, you know, Davion Mitchell's in line. I think with the addition of Kevin Herter, there's not enough shots to go around for Keegan Murray um, to, to become the rookie of the year. No, I was trying to pull up on our betting site here, like what the features are for his odds. So maybe I'll have to just Google it. I got you. Uh, I can look that up. Yeah. If you look it up, I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to just because I think he's going to uh, he's going to have points. And as we go into, it, I think the Kings are going to be decent this year. And I think he'll p- play more of a role than in, in doing that in doing so. So if all things are equal, like points and statistics, I think, I don't know, I guess it's kind of a biased thing. But we did say that when he did get drafted, we did say he just has that his his NBA. He is NBA ready. Like the guy, the guy is walking in and has some stuff that's going to translate right away. And it's mostly the shooting. It's mostly the, the scoring stuff. Yeah. Here we go with the odds. Paolo Benchero plus 200. Jay Nivey's plus 450. Keegan Murray plus 450. Jabari Smith plus 500. So those are the top four. And then you got like Benedict um, Thurin plus 1,000. Shaden Sharp plus 3,600. And then, yeah, you're just getting some. But so ben, and- ben, Caro, ben Caro is plus 200. And then him and Jay Nivey are plus, are plus 450. Yeah. Well, it's going to be... Jaden Ivey is that one. That's where, like, okay, just based on that and knowing where the Pistons are at as a roster, uh, you know, you could see where Jaden Ivey is going to just get a lot of trash game minutes and play and probably have the stats. And, um, well, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying, you know, like Jabari Smith and stuff and, and, you know, Jay Nivey, like there's a, these guys are going to get the minutes. They're going to get the shots, right? Like when you're a bad team, team statistics do not matter in the rookie of the year, you know? So the Rockets are going to play, you know, it's Jabari Smith, right? On the Rockets and, and Jay Nivey on the Pistons. Like they're, these guys are going to play them regardless, right? Like the Pistons, they're, these fuckers ain't making the playoffs, right? Like they're going to, Jay Nivey's playing 30 minutes a night. He's going to get those shots. So um, that's why I just, you know, if you ask me who the best rookie is going to be, at the end of the year, I think Keegan Murray, but who's going to win the rookie of the year? That's a different story. Yeah, it's going to be, it is a tight race. I mean, I guess plus 450, you can make the case either way. Um, because I'm biased, 
I'm going to say he's going to, but it doesn't really matter because it's just, <laughs> it doesn't matter. The season's so long. And that's something that as we do the preview, I always like to remind everybody that the season is extremely long. It's going to go months on months on months. There's going to be multiple transactions. Guys are going to get hurt. I do anticipate some teams kind of tanking it out this year just because of what the draft looks like. So the landscape could be a little different than it's been as far as teams right there on the bubble that don't have a player. You know, we're really not not going. It's going to be weird when it comes to that, uh, that part. So it's a long season. And so it's hard to really foresee exactly how things go are going to play out. I've, I've gone back and looked at our previews and I always go look, look at, you know, just because we're kind of sports nerds, we always go back and look at what people have said in years past and how the seasons have played out as far as team record predictions, MVPs and all of that. And it doesn't always play out that way. I mean, even just to look at a couple of years ago with the Phoenix Sun, that year that they went all the way up to the top, like do people were like bo- thinking they're a borderline playoff team. Um, there's a lot of examples of stuff like that, right? Where, where, t- where, it's hard to really foresee just because the season is so long and, and in the NBA, a uh, one, one month of play it's in the grand scheme of things. It's kind of more of a small sample. It's really just a small sample size. So it's hard to really, it's hard to really just kind of foresee how things are going to play out um, and how the, the, the trend of the NBA is, is going to go and how guys develop and grow, et cetera, like that. So, um, Okay, let's talk about the Kings players, a couple of players, sports specifically, Ryan. So one of the things that we have been kind of harped on last week was that this is the first time in a long time that the Kings from top to bottom have like NBA players from top to bottom. And you made the point like pretty much everybody on the Kings roster right now has NBA experience. And if they had left the Kings today, they would continue playing on the NBA. It's a it's a far cry from the past uh, G League players, kind of on the bubble right there. That you know, a couple years ago, like the Sacramento, the Stockton Kings, Corey Joseph plus the starting five. That was always the joke we had. So far cry from that. That's kind of the thing going in this year. So deeper roster, more NBA players, deeper rotation. Um, how do you see it just kind of playing out overall with the backcourt in a lot of those bench players? Like, where what are these guys' roles going to be? You kind of have some duplications there with with Monk and Davis. Yeah, and then where does Davion Mitchell fit in? It's kind of a weird situation going on in the backcourt. All right, so guards, right? We know De'Aaron Fox is going to get his. Kevin Herter is going to get his, right? Like, that's the given. I think that's the starting backcourt. Um, Davion Mitchell going to get his. The defensive ability, just the... I think he does make the next... I, I came on here a couple months ago, and I said that there's a real chance that Davion Mitchell averages more points than year than Harrison Barnes, right? I think he's going to have the ball in his hands, like, you know, with that second unit. I think he's going to get the shots. Malik Monk, just his ability to hit the three, especially last year when he showed, right? Um, I think there is a role for him. The odd man out is Terrence Davis. Right? I, I really think Terrence Davis is the odd man out because you you look at it like this. Davion Mitchell plays defense. Herder's got the size and the shooting. Malik Monk has the shooting. What does Terrence Davis do? You know, What is he really good at? He's a spark plug, right? But you have guys that kind of fit that role. So when when there's a congested backcourt like we have, um, you know, you look at who who does what, who has a def- definitive role. Those other guys have a definitive role. Monk shoots, Davion plays defense. Herder's got the size and shooting. Um, I think if Terrence Davis was more of a point guard, he could he you know he could probably find a role. But you know, 
not being a true point guard like that, I, I think there's, I think Terrence Davis is the guy that's going to be left out. And I think those other guys will find roles, right? Like they're, they're going to get just, you know, it's the NBA dude. If you can shoot, you're going to, you're going to be, uh, you're going to get minutes and you're going to get the, those, those corner threes from Malik Monk this year is what I'm really excited about. I think the Kings are going to, are cheating right now on this. They're, they're, they're cheating. Uh, be, and what I mean by that is, okay, I like Terrence Davis. I like Terrence Davis a lot. Him being hurt last year sucked because it really didn't give the Kings and the fans an opportunity to one. You miss a guy like that last year in, in the roster. You needed, you just needed a player like that, but it didn't give anybody the opportunity to evaluate him and really get a true definitive on his on where he is as a player. And so it's left to speculation right now for us. And for me, I still think like I'm speculating he's going to be decent. And here's why I say the Kings are cheating, because although if you go through his basketball reference profile and everything, he's listed as a shooting guard every year. But right now, if you if you click on him, you know what they know what they list him as. They list him as a small forward. (laughs) <laughs> so they're cheating, you know, and, and I've seen this. They kind of did this before. I think the Kings are cheating. An indication about this too, is like, if you look at the Kings small forward position in general, it's, um, it's thin. And then they went and cut the one guy who I thought could play it. Uh, the veteran that could play it was Bazemore, And then they cut him. So I'm looking at it and it's like, who else is really going to fit that role? You basically have Barnes and you have Murray that are that can play the small forward, but even though it's kind of positionless, so it's all positionless, right? But the Kings have shown that their favor is to play guys up a position, not down a position. That's what they've always done. So for me, I really could see them going heavy on the a lot of Monk, Mitchell, Davis playing at the same time. Uh, I think I think Herder is the obvious guy to go up the position. I I really. I, I I think that I think it's going to be Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, and Herder. If you had to classify a three, that's who it's going to be. I think between those three guys, those guys will filter in. Obviously, Herder's going to start at the two, Barnes start at the three, and I think by the end of the year, Murray's will be the four. But I think those guys are going to be interchangeable at that three position. I really do think that Terrence Davis is the odd man out. He's going to get his minutes. You know, he's I think he's he'll get some looks early, but I think you know the guy's not a great three point shooter. You know, you have to bring something to the table, right? Like you're not a great defender. You know, you're not a point guard, right? So like you look at it and, and you don't have the size. So it's like, all right, well, Herder, you know, Mitchell's great defense and Monk's three-point ability. I think that's where it's at, man. I, I really do. I think he's the odd man at, and I like him too. I think, you know, he he he's, you know, when, when they brought him over, I was like, oh man, he could be a six-man type of guy, right? Like he can be the six-man on this team and, just kind of hasn't worked out, man. It's the way it is. And now they've brought other guys into the position who have that definitive quality in the, that they can bring to the lineup. So I uh, guess we'll agree to disagree on this one, huh? Well, I get what you're saying, and you're right in that, but it, it's it, they don't have enough players to to round out the full entire game with, with the four position. They don't have enough players. Like he's, it's, it's The math just works out where he's going to get the time and guys do get hurt and miss some time. The math he's going to be playing. I think that I think they're good at it because they, like I said, they're going to they're willing to to play smaller. But yeah, we can we can move on and, and see how it plays out. But we, at least we both agree though we see the same thing in him. He's one of those guys like we talked about. You have to have guys that you can throw in there and occasionally they can score some points once in a while. And look at we get it. We're not saying oh this guy's going to be twenty points a game all the time. It's not what we're saying. What we're saying is like 
if you look at the Kings past rosters, Ryan, which we have, it's there's there are nights where it's like who who the fuck else is going to be the guy that can maybe break 18 points tonight? Um, nobody. Like there's no one here that can do that, and and that's why that's why Monk and Davis are kind of those guys. You call them spark plugs. People call them microwave players or something. That's kind of a thing, and that's I kind of think that they fit that mold. Um, all right, I want to go. You you touched on it. I want to get my take in on Davion Mitchell. Um, I think that dude makes a huge huge leap this year. I mean, the guy was a top ten pick. He's super talented. What he did at the end of last year uh, was impressive on the scoring side. I think that. It's clear he's the backup point guard, and he's going to play that role. It's pretty secure in, in that, and I think that um, let's talk about the criticisms of it of him last year, Ryan. I want you to address him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with him because you were you were very much opinionated about this. It, it, that that dude kind of had no fear last year when you watched him play. He had no fear, and he would just kind of play without efficiency. That was the one thing we knocked on the guy. And when you're when you're a rookie, you, you know, it's whatever. You, the criticism doesn't need to go as deep on you. But when you're year two and you're playing a pivotal role, it can kind of go a little deeper. So he, what we mean is the guy was not afraid to just, like, pull up whenever, shoot whenever, score whenever. He had that kind of aggressive mindset. So um, it paid off at the end of the year when he got a lot of the minutes. But now that he's back more in the reserve role and probably six-man role, how do you see that changing, Ryan, if at all? I don't think it should change, right? Like we were critical of it last year. Sorry, I was about to sneeze. We were we were critical of it last year, right? Like because there was times where it was like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like there was a lot of times we're at the game and it's like Sacramento's down by three or down by four, you know, with like a couple minutes either left in the half or left in the game. And he'll just come down hella early, like get a good shot, right? I mean, he'd come down hella early in the shot clock and just cast. And it's like, fuck, dude. <laughs> but that's, you know what I mean? But it's like, that's some rookie that's shit, part, though. That's rookie shit, right? Like, that's part of learning, right? Like, it, I'm what it is what it is at this point, right? But I think Sacramento's going to be good enough this year. And there's going to be guys around him in that second unit to where I think he could be aggressive, but I think he's going to be a little smarter this year. Uh, but I, I think part of him, taking that next step is the aggressiveness, right? Like it's kind of counterintuitive to what we were saying, but I think him being aggressive is going to be part of him making that next step, right? Like you don't want him to come in and uh, because he's not like a jump shooter, right? Like you don't want him to come in and, you know, try to use your quickness, dude, get to the hoop, put his dude. He has the best. Okay. He has the best pull-up jumper on the team, right? Like getting to that free throw line extended, dude, that little one step kind of step back that he does. Um, I would like to see that. And, you know, it's just more of him being a little more efficient, right? Like just know certain spots. Hey, maybe I shouldn't just pull this right now. Hella early with 19 seconds left in the shot clock. Right. So, uh, but I think part of him taking that next step is the aggressiveness. It's just being smarter with your aggressiveness. That's and I think what the, the, what will change right there is that, like you said, the players around him, that's been the problem with the Kings is, even like for Buddy Heald, okay, that was that was what we always say. Buddy Heald kind of got a raw deal when, when he's here towards the end because he got thrown into the bench role where there was nobody on the roster, oh. and, and and then and but if you look at Buddy Heald, like Buddy Heald's a spot up shooter, he's a stationary shooter, he's a move around catch and shoot. And when you, it's like you throw that dude in a roster with a bunch of nobodies, and then you want him to take guys off to dribble. 
I mean, we can all admit it. Buddy Hill could not take the ball to the hoop and finish at the rim with any amount of consistency, but that's what you're asking him to do. And so, like, when you put guys in a position like that with no talent around them, of course they're inefficient. Of course they don't succeed, et cetera. But that's the difference about the Kings this year is I think, like you said, there, there's there's talent around, right? There's talent around the Kings to be able to do that. Rashawn Holmes, Murray, Mitchell, uh, Davis. Monk. Monk, they're all they're all there. They they all have the, they are all solid players, and so so you can kind of s- see where the efficiency can just just be better as a result. Add in Trey Lyles to that too. That's somebody we haven't talked about. You know, that's kind of a sneaky. Uh, that's another sneaky. Well, score. yeah, it's like what we always talk about, like with um, with with I always forget about Trey Lyles. Yeah, so Trey Lyles, man, that's that's the one person that I think that uh, really has the, you know, you, you look at that guy as a guy, it's like, all right, where's his role going to be, right? You kind of put him in that that same type of role that Terrence Davis is going to be in with the, with the backcourt. I think Trey Lyles has, you know, he's kind of in the same spot in the front court. They just brought in Keegan Murray. He's a better three-point shooter. Trey Lyles isn't big, right? The guy's 6'8". You know, um, so he's not really a true big man. They got Rashawn Holmes to kind of be that primary backup center. Uh, you know, Harrison Barnes is is a better shooter and overall better player than Trey Lyles is in the front court. So he's kind of that guy that I look at and it's like, all right, how is he going to carve out his role? Right. Like that's that's the one guy to take a look at. Him and Terrence Davis are in the same exact spot, I believe, um, in their respective positions. I don't know. How do you how do you feel about that? Well, I like Trey Lyles. Trey, Trey Lyles is just like a solid. You know, he's not going to fuck it up type of player. Um, he's still relatively young. Um, he's one of the few guys on the team that's somewhat physical and willing to be physical on the court. So there's that. I still think there's off chance the guy may end up starting. He could end up starting. Like, that's the one position that the, the Kings haven't been so clear on. So all off season. The talk was about KZ Apollo playing and starting, maybe, which you could talk about that more. But then right at the end, um, they, you know, were like, oh, we're going to try Trey Lyles in there just to see. It was one of those tra- just to see kind of thing. And even last year, he, the guy did start games. He got, he ended up getting put in there and starting games. So um, just because there's no one else like him really on the roster, he's going to have a role in, in, in there. And I don't think he's going to be any odd man out by any means I, I i you know i don't know if he's gonna be the odd man out but i think he has to find his role it's gonna be the same you know i'm not saying that terrence davis isn't gonna get any minutes right but I'm not saying trey Ly- trey Lyles isn't gonna get any minutes but consistency right are they gonna come in and play 15 to 20 minutes every night i don't know i don't think so right that's why i'm saying like there's gonna be nights yeah of course trey Lyles. oh shit he was playing great he got 25 minutes like oh terrence davis came you know he got a few minutes early on in the second quarter. Oh, he was hot. Okay, now he just got a little extra run in the third quarter. Uh, yeah, there's going to be those times, but can they consistently carve out a role? I don't know because of their skill set. They're good NBA players, but there's other guys who do certain things just a little bit better, right? Like I said, Keegan Murray's a little bit better shooter. You know, Sean Holmes is a better rebounder, better defender down low. Harrison Barnes is a better all-around player than Trey Lyles is. And then, you know, with, with Terrence Davis, we've already I've already said my piece with that. So that's where I'm at is I just don't know if these guys will consistently be able to carve out a role because of their skill sets. 
last year he's he started 20 games for the kings yeah. last year in yeah, like for 20, sure. 22 minutes um sometimes it takes that way that i give like it's not it's a lot of it okay if i had it my way i'd you know i'd make my take and say it have my way. but sometimes you have to kind of look at the patterns i know it's a different coaching staff but even so you still have to kind of look at the patterns of what the kings have wanted to do with their with their lineups and their roster and where they like to play guys and that's kind of where i'm coming from in that um you know, when you kind of think at what guys is play where the, where the, where guys place is going to be. Um, and yeah, I think the, so if anything from talking about the bench at this point, we've kind of, we've kind of identified Lyles and Davis as being kind of the random, the random players that you could easily see them playing and playing a big role. And you could easily see them kind of getting in where they fit in when, when, and when it's their time, it's really weird, but that's a good thing. I guess like my point here is that that's a good indication of, um, a better team, <laughs> you, you know, when you, if your team's, a, you have these type of problems and your team's a little bit better, you know, shitty teams don't have these types of issues. Shitty teams. It's the, it's the opposite where you have guys who probably should be getting in where they fit in and then they end up playing heavy minutes and starting a lot of games. Like that's an indication of a bad team. So that's why we were looking at the bench that that's where I brought it and started off and, and where guys roles are going to be in that. Um, okay. I'll ask you a question, Ryan. Um, uh, I'm gonna. I'll say like this. I'm just gonna more make a point. Okay, Sabonis, I think is about to take that next big step this year. Big step. Like I think he's he's right at that point in his his career where his age, skill set, and his his role and freedom in the in the roster. Like I I really see that guy being taking a big step this year, man. Statistically, all over the place, impact. I just hope he stays healthy. I really do. You know, that's always the big thing. But if if healthy, I think the guy's gonna be. I think I don't know. I, I think it's tough in the West, but he's he's an All Star level player, man. I really see that coming coming true this year. Well, it really helps too when you play with a point guard like De'Aaron Fox, right? Like people's, you know, that guy's De'Aaron Fox has got a lot of hate, but you look at his statistical output over the last few years, and like you said, getting to that age point to where he can be take that next step. I think I think Sabonis takes the next step because of De'Aaron Fox. All right, like I, I think De'Aaron Fox is going to be so fucking good this year that Sabonis just naturally is is going to get those looks, man. That so, uh, but I'm I'm with you, man. I I think his rebounding is going to be up this year. His scoring is going to be up, and I think his assists are going to be up because they I got a shit ton of shooters on this team. At any time, right? At any time, they're going to have Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter out there, or Harrison Barnes, Herter, Monk, right? Like there's the, there's going to be straight shooters out there or even Trey Lyles out there with Trey Lyles Herder Monk and you know whatever like there's gonna be straight shooters so I think Sabonis's numbers are are naturally gonna boom right like when you play with better players it makes things easier on you right so um, I'm, I'm with you man I, I think what is he 20 is he 25 or 26 uh, I'll pull up because I have his stuff in front of me right me and now. you always say me and you always say you're 26. prime Right. We, me and you always have always said your prime's about, and it's changing a little bit, but 27 to 32 in the NBA is I, what I think is the best that you could be. Now, there are some outliers, right? Like LeBron James was better at 38 than he was at 35, like statistically, you know? So um, there are some outliers, but I think 27 to 32 is your natural prime in the NBA. And he's just entering that dude. And that's good. You know, with him and Fox going to be in their natural prime together 
I, I think that they can they can be a formidable duo for the for the next few years, barring injury. It's it's always the thing about the NBA, man. Guys seem to, you know, roll their ankle or something. Next thing you know, you're out for six weeks. So, uh, but I, I'm I'm with you, man. I think he takes that next step statistically. Last year and the 62 games, it was 19 points, 12 rebounds. I I saw the guy going 2021 20, as far as the points go, and then 12 to 13 rebounds. That that's like that's big time, dude. 20 points in 12 to 13. That's big time. And I really see him. I really see him just increasing what a point a game around the same rebounds assists at five. Okay. Maybe assists at 5.5 this year. That's big time numbers. And um, one of the, the reasons I could see him being more noticed on the, I, I mean, this like on the national scale as the biggest impact on the teams, because um, there's not as many formidable big time big men in the NBA. It's it's more the wings, it's more guards, the flashy stuff. And so when De'Aaron, in the national conversation comparing players, De'Aaron Fox always seems to be kind of left behind. Even though even if he averages 26, 27 points a game this year, I still think that people aren't just going to give their recognition. You can just even see so from the uh, what do you call it? The whatever did I don't know if it's ESPN or Bleacher Report or whom whom did their top 100 ranking in recently. I think both of them might have done it. And, you know, Fox was in there in the 50s or 60s. And so I'm looking at some of the players below him. Who And it's like, you you guys think Darren Fox is, isn't that group of guards? That's what you think of him? Like, it's, you know, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't I don't get it. And, and so we can go into that in a little bit, Ryan. But Sabonis, I think because there's not as many guys out there putting out 2012 with assists, he's going to shoot some threes. He's going to have the ball in his hands running the court a little bit like that stuff gets people up there. And so I could see it on the national recognition side, him getting the uh, getting that look. And I'm really looking forward to him this year as far as like my, my, my player that I'm looking at. Um <clears throat> De'Aaron Fox, I'm here. I'll ask you this question just because I know your answer, and then I'll let you talk about it. Okay. We usually do this, Ryan, where we talk about, we ask the, you know, everyone does the questions, you know, most improved team player, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We're, we're going to, I'm going to ask you the, the basic one first. Who do you think the Kings' best player is this year? Who do you think it is? De'Aaron Fox. All right. And so, uh, talk about De'Aaron Fox and talk about the national perspective and then his impact stats, all that shit. Well, his national perspective, people, people sleep on De'Aaron Fox because he's in fucking Sacramento, right? It's the same thing that happened to DeMarcus Cousins. You put, you know, and me and you always used to say this, dude, you look at DeMarcus Cousins in his prime, people, you know, people used to talk, I don't know if you guys remember this, but before he got traded to the Pelicans, people were talking about Anthony Davis, right? It was Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis. DeMarcus Cousins took a big old shit on Anthony Davis every time they played. He was DeMarcus, DeMarcus Cousins was the best big man in the NBA. And I don't think it's, I don't think it was even ever close, right? It's kind of the same thing with De'Aaron Fox. The guy comes out last year, or excuse me, two seasons ago now. What was it? 25.9 points per game, six assists, right? 25.9 from a point guard, okay? Who's not a shooter. And people slept on him, right? Because the Halliburton thing, people, you know, well, their, their team's not very good. He hasn't won. And so, you, know, you know how fucking hard it is to win in Sacramento? Obviously, it's the hardest place in the NBA to win. They've had seven playoff appearances since 1985. Okay, cut the guy a little slack. All right, so that's the national perspective. I think on Darren Fox is kind of shit. I, I think people they obviously Sacramento didn't have any national televised games last year. I don't think people actually see how great he really is. All right, um, but as far as Darren Fox this year, 
because the, the roster that's around them, they are going to be better. I think that people are going to change, right? I think things are going to change and people are going to see how good he can be. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he goes up to 27 points a game, but I think that 25, 26 is definitely going to happen. You know, you saw at the end of the year, once they finally got rid of Halliburton and they let Deer and Fox just go for the 14 games that he played, right? I think it was obvious that Deer and Fox is that guy. You know, just I, I, I thought it was extremely obvious. You looked at it and you're like, holy shit, this dude is the best player on the court. A lot of times, you know, they're, they're playing some good teams. And a lot of times I was at the game. So I'm like, dude, Darren Fox is the best player on the court. It's not even close. This is this is ridiculous how much shit he takes. Um, but I think between, you know, Herder and Monk, Harrison Barnes, Murray, and then obviously Sabonis, I think that's enough talent uh, to help take a little bit off Darren Fox. And I think that's enough shooting to where the paint is going to open up even more for him. And I think he's going to be extremely dynamic this year, dude, that I am so high on him. Um, I don't, and like I said, I don't know if his statistical output goes up just because of the guys that are around him, but 24, 25, a game is definitely going to happen for sure. So um, the national perspective again, dude, it happened to Marcus cousins. It's happening to Darren Fox. The difference is Sacramento's done something about it this time for Darren Fox. And, it's going to change. I think by Christmas time, people are going to be talking about Darren Fox in a different light. I, I think he's going to be an all-star this year, even in the West. I, I think that's something that's, you know, I, I think that's something that could happen. So, um, and is going to happen. So I, I obviously you can tell I'm extremely high on him. Statistically last year, there was a bit of a dip and it was very, very, very fucking clear. And this is where last year, Ryan, where we were so pissed going this season, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, nothing personal, but him being here fucking pissed me off for, for about a year. And it really, in a way, it, it set the, the Kings back last year. Um, sometimes, like, you got to take that step back and end up trading a guy, getting some guys to move forward kind of deal there. And that's what happened with him. But it, it, him being here was a setback and primarily a setback for the best player on the, on the fucking roster and the best and the franchise player. To me, it was fucking absolutely ridiculous that. Uh, a second-year player averaging 12 points a game or whatever was was being compared to the franchise's best player. De'Aaron Fox is 24 right now. He is 24, okay? Two years ago, 25 points, seven assists. Um, last year, 23 points and 5.6 assists. Direct His statistical decline was a direct result of moving him off ball for three months, okay? Direct result of that you know and then once they put him right back in position everything just uh scaled right back up to where it should be so for me i'm kind of going into it and especially because you know man ryan last year other people oh hal burton and holmes pick and roll so nice so uh, it's the best thing ever right so beautiful okay well i think that De'Aaron fox and sabonis playing together that's going to be uh 10 times better than than that shit last year there's no reason to believe that the guy is not even going to match. If he's healthy, there's no reason to believe he will not match his 2021, uh, 2020, 2021 output at 25 and seven. There's no reason to believe he won't match that. And I'm a believer in just natural, uh, natural uh, growth in players, especially 24 year old players. I, I like I said, I don't see a reason like 26 points and seven assists is not attainable here. I really don't see a reason, especially with the shooters. He's got key shooters around. I don't see why it's not attainable. 
Well, I, I, so I'm looking at basketball reference right now. I didn't know they do this, but they have proje- statistical projections for players. Hmm. Here's what basketball reference says with Deer and Fox this year. 24.2 points per game, 6.3 assists and four rebounds. I, I think that's definitely attainable. I think they're kind of be on the light side. Like I said, I think that could be 25, 26 possibly. Um, assists. I, I think it's. I think it's really accurate. Thirty-two percent three-point shooting, forty-eight uh, percent from the field, seventy-five percent free throw. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's definitely attainable, and I think that's what's going to happen. You know, like, dude, do you remember last year? I want to say it was like we did a pod. We we did one of the podcasts around Christmas time. It's like, dude, Darren Fox was averaging like 19 points per game. And it was like, what the fuck, dude? Everyone's like, he's a horrible three-point shooter. Yeah, because you guys are putting him out on the freaking wing, dude. And you're having this guy spot up for Tyrese Halliburton. What the hell's happening? Uh, so people forget, dude. People fucking forget how good that guy was. And we only got a little glimpse of it because they shut him and Sabonis down after 14 games last year. right? So after the All-Star break, it was like, holy shit, Darren Fox was... He was doing what he did in that January, remember 2021 January, where he just exploded and he was like Western Conference Player of the Month and all this stuff. He was that guy after the All-Star break. Well, just last year, I'm looking at it. Uh, I'm pulling up an article. I'll trust the Sacktown Royalty article right here. The the 12 games after they they got rid of Halbert right away, he jumped up to 28 points a game, dude, yep. right away. 28 yep. points a game. And, like you know, the, the shooters on around the perimeter this year is the best he's ever had. The Kings have had some shooters, but like they, when you have shooters paired with the big guy down low, it's like, it's the most well-rounded team that they've had. And it totally compliments the guy. I mean, it totally compliments the guy. So just to think that he's not going to eat at least match his, his uh, statistical output from two years ago. Like the only way you don't see is if he doesn't, if the Kings are rolling with the bench and maybe he needs, he doesn't need to carry as much of the weight and do all that. But you know, at the end of the day, 24 years old. And here's what I'll say uh, to, to, to not hype up Darren Fox as much, Ryan, what I'll say is that at some point the guy, the guy does need to fucking carry the, the Kings. Okay. We'll get into it in our preview, the seat, the part two preview. But you want to talk about the tier of teams? At some point, the guy needs to fucking prove that he can be that guy to carry them above some of these teams, like other players do. And so it's built for him. It's built around him. I believe in him. You believe in him. I not every Kings fan believes in him for some reason. And fuck him at this point. Um, but yeah, big big year from him in best player. I agree. Uh, most likely um, to be a fan favorite this year, Ryan. Oh man, this is a tough one. There's not a lot of like locker roomy guys out here right now. Um, fan favorite for me. Who, who do you got? Well, knowing how the fan base is, I mean, I, I, I have a hard time it, you know, it being anybody else. Besides Keegan Murray, right? Like we know how the fan base just loves their rookies, dude. You saw how they embraced Tyrese Halliburton, you know, how they how they embraced Davion Mitchell last year. For some reason, the the Kings fan base hates to they hate to love the best players on the team. You know what I mean? Like people people hated DeMarcus Cousins back in the day, right? Like 
I, I don't think people are going to really love DeMontis Sabonis. I think they're going to find deficiencies, you know, and really zone in on that non-defensive big man guy. We already know they hate Darren Fox for God knows why. So I, I'm going Keegan Murray by a landslide this year as the fan favorite. I don't think it's going to be close. I can only imagine what happens if he comes out Wednesday. Dude, can you imagine this? If he comes out Wednesday and averages like or averages, if he scores like 17. Oh my God, dude. The fan base is going to lose their minds. Absolutely. So yeah, Keegan Murray, 100%. That's a good take. I ain't mad at that. You know, I think for me, I'm on that train this year in, uh, Especially if he doesn't start right away, you know, especially if he doesn't start and then he and then he goes in there, like he says, and, and scores a little bit, which he will. Then you're going to see that. So that's really where oh. he's at. That's a really good. That's a really good take, Um, which will probably transition to my next question. I'm thinking so, you know, you're right. Kings fans, they have this way about not liking their best player. And that's it. They hate you, know what I, you know, what I think it is, is I think it's that the Kings have had just a couple best players in the last bunch of years. But the team itself has sucked. And so they just put the blame on the best player. Like that's the biggest problem, you know, and that's 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 <laughs> that, that's what's been so irritating. So that's why I'm gonna ask myself this question first. All right. I'm gonna and I'm gonna say uh the biggest player that the the that Kings cast is gonna have to defend, and I'm gonna say for the fucking third year in a row, it's gonna be De'Aaron Fox. I, I think that's for me the biggest player we're gonna have to defend is gonna be De'Aaron Fox, just because the season is a grind and just the way I see things shaping up, I don't really see the Kings being a, a staple in the top three or four or five or six, probably in the Western Conference. Therefore, that means it's going to be it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a, a long season, ups and downs, probably some losing streaks, hopefully some winning streaks. And so when you when you're floating around five hundred or slightly below at some point, or you're going like a three game skid, you know where people point to blame for all the reasons you listed above. Do you, you agree with me on that? One hundred percent, dude. People love to hate that player. You know what I mean? Well, and I think the way Kings fans look at it is kind of just like someone's got to be able to, someone's got to blame. So if you're supposed to be the best player, let's just blame you for God knows why. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like I said, the thing about Sabonis, right? I I can already see it now, dude. A full 82 game season, people are going to nitpick his defensive deficiencies, dude. It's going to come up. Especially when you have guys like Len, who really all he does is can, you know, protect the rim and rebound. And then a high energy guy like like Holmes, you know, like Holmes will have that random block. He'll have that hustle play and people, you know, God forbid you're in the midst of like a three game losing streak, you know, and Sabonis just kind of gets bodied a little bit. And people are like, see, see, he doesn't play defense or, you know, and then De'Aaron Fox, too. It's going to be, oh, you know, oh my God, he missed the free throw. You know what I mean? Like that was the big, that's always the big thing with Fox. It's, oh, he missed the free throw. Yeah. Well, you know, he had 32, you know, but uh, mm. God for God forbid he missed that one free throw in the third quarter. It's just, you know, someone has to blame, right? So like the Kings have to point the finger at someone. And, you know, unfortunately it's that Deer and Fox and, you know, he might be, might be, I think he is already the best point guard that this team's franchises ever had i i think that's like you know what i mean like i think he's already the best point guard this franchise has ever had and it's kind of sad that this is year three that we're going in here we're gonna have to defend him so a little disappointing but dude, that's fucking king's fans dude you know that's king's fan a poverty franchise poverty and, takes. Uh, you know poverty takes 
God, dude, if they win this year, what are the takes going to be like? None of these people have ever voted for a winning, you know, ever rooted for a winning team. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Well, I think what's going to immediately going to happen is they're going to become entitled fucking assholes as if like the last, you know, 20 years meant nothing. (laughs) You know, they're going to be like as if they expected to be there. You know what? I can kind of relate a little bit right now in a weird way, Ryan, just because like, you know, mentioned uh, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan right now. The Bucs are kind of pissing me off and pissed enough. Bucks fans and you know it's kind of the same thing Bucks were so terrible for a bunch of years and they finally won and now everyone's just like fucking on a high horse dude on a high high horse and I can well, kind of see it's a little different when you win the Super Bowl I, I get uh, that well, but let, let, let's be real you won a Super Bowl and you have the greatest probably the greatest athlete to ever step foot on a sports field so you know maybe maybe if Sacramento was to get LeBron James this year I would I would feel that type of way but you know when you put things into perspective dude all right, you have the goat. You know, I, you, you I understand that. I understand that more than anybody. But the point I'm making though is like that I could see that happening if the Kings like actually did win. It's just like not good enough. It's like because you know they're not going to win the championship this year. You know, we no. and we always say no. we're betting men, and we are betting men. And I'm not betting them to win it. The, I'm going to bet them to hit the over 34 and a half. If you've seen that, but I'm, I'm, I'm not pa- betting them I'm to win pa- the championship. I'm going to pause you right there because I'm not going to let you butcher my my signature saying. Okay, you said if I'm. We're betting men. We're betting men. No, no, no. Let's get this right. Is if I was a betting man, which I am. All right. So I just want to clear that up for all you new Kings Cast listeners. I'm not going to let Eric sit here and butcher my fucking signature. There you go. Well, I'm not betting them to win the uh, championship this year. I'm gonna. I probably will bet the over. Like I said, it's a 34 and a half. The future is. That's 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 tasty. I'm gonna take that. Uh, but you know they're not going to win the championship. So if they do end up getting there, let's maybe not. Yeah, that high horse. Okay, uh, next next thing I got for you. Let me see. All right, this is probably the last question, Ryan. All right, person who's most likely going to be traded. Who do you think it's going to be? Shit. Uh, Don't give me some r- fucking. No, you know, I know, I know. Bottom of the roster player. I I, I, well, I'm not going to really. I'm going to answer this in two different types of ways. Okay, because I think they. It, it, all right, if the Kings are not in playoff contention. Harrison Barnes is gone for sure. All right. Like if they're, if they're like the 11th seed at the all-star break, Harrison Barnes is gone. If they are in playoff contention, say they're the six or seven seed. I can see guy like Terrence Davis being moved because I've already said earlier in the episode about how Terrence Davis could find his way out of the rotation just because of the guys they brought in and the skill sets that those guys have. I really like Terrence Davis. I'm a big fan. I hope they they don't move him. I think he's, you know, that sparky guy who can, you know, get buckets in a, in a you know, get hot out of nowhere. You know, kind of like that. Remember, remember J.R. Smith just used to get crazy hot back in the day. I'm not saying Terrence Davis is J.R. Smith, but that's kind of just the type of player that I think he could be. Um, so yes, if, if Kings are in playoff contention, I think Terrence Davis is a guy that could possibly move, moved, you know, with a pick to upgrade the roster at the all-star break. If they are the shits, I mean, fuck Harrison Barnes is first to go. And I mean, at that point, anybody, right. I think that's a good take. Pretty spot on. I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, it really, you kind of hedge it that way, but for the right reasons and the logical reasons, like, yes, if they're, if they're not in playoff contention, it's going to be the guy. And Harrison Barnes, who's eating up minutes, it's going to be the guy who holds value on the market. Uh, you know, that holds true. And then if they aren't, yeah, it's probably going to be Terrence Davis. 
I'll tell you, though, even if they are kind of in playoff condition, I still think there's a chance like Harrison Barnes could be just because the way he just, I don't know. They're, they're, I, I, I think that his the last couple of years he's been floated around. And I think that the way the season's going to, going to go, I mean, I don't think the King, like I said, I don't, I think the Kings are going to be borderline flirting with it. And I guess we'll give our hard prediction on the next part. So, what that means is by the all-star break, there's not going to be any definitive. They're not going to have a clear-cut advantage in the standings. They're going to be probably clawing all the way through the end. And so even with that, I could potentially see that happening with HB. So that's that's my guy to pick one guy. Well, let's let's talk about that for a minute. Since you, since you brought it up, I, I, I agree with you. I, I see a situation where they're like the seventh seed or something and Harrison Barnes has possibly moved for a younger wing but I think it would involve Sacramento moving a pick as well, right? Like to another team that's trying to clear cap. Um, you know what I mean? That's kind of quote unquote tanking that has a young wing player that we could bring in, take a, absorb a little bit of money so they can have that expiring contract, you know, and Sacramento could, you know, entice them a little bit by throwing in that, that pick. So I, I definitely see that, you know, but we're so far off from here, dude. God. You know, but it's just, you know, it's I, I think all those scenarios are possible and I, I think one of them will happen. Yeah, it's uh, you got you got what I'm saying. Like, th- that's the thing about this season. That's people are going to have to fucking hold the line, man. Hold the line with your takes. Just like roll with it. People are going to have to this year is going to be a lot different. You're going to have to roll for two months solid, before, you know, probably more of just as just just let it happen for a while. You know, I, I we can't we definitely can't in November, but we we probably can't even in December this year get really like, you know, hardcore in Kingsland like people do. We can't get hardcore in one direction. It's going to take a while unless they're just like completely just like someone's hurt and they're just completely just shit. Uh, you know, then I, we'll have a different conversation at that point. You can't you, you just can't go so hardcore. It's going to have to be one of those are going to play out. And even at the deadline, it's not going to be some clear you know, certainty on what it's going to look like at the end of the year. Cause the second half of the season's, you know, that's a long season as well. So um, yeah, like we said, it's hard, it's hard to project that stuff now. So um, Brian, we got a two part episode coming at the people. I think I'm going to hit this right now uh, and close up the episode. So, Hey guys, appreciate you listening. If you ever want to react or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kings Cast Eric and Kings Cast Ryan. Uh, we're also active on our group Kingsland. Uh, if you want to support the so- show, please slide down after the episode or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five star review. It helps us reach more Kings fans just like you. And check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So, with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.